Welcome to Mentally Stronger, the show that will help you develop the mental strength you need to reach your greatest potential, no matter what life throws your way. I'm Amy Morin, a psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and an international best-selling author of five books on mental strength. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a mental strength strategy that can fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Because if there's anything I've learned from my journey, it's that it only takes one bad habit to rob you of the mental strength you need to live your best life. And the fun part is, we record the show from a sailboat in the Florida Keys. Make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite platform so that you can get mental strength tips delivered to you every single week. Before we dive in, let me share one of our reviews with you. Ken Davis underscore NRT says, thank you so much for your tips on how to be mentally stronger. I can't get enough of your podcast and it's been extremely life-giving. I feel less alone from listening to your insightful interviews and valuable strategies. Thank you, Kevin Davis underscore NRT. If you haven't already emailed us with a screenshot of your review, please do, and we'll send you an all-access pass to my mental strength course. And anyone who's listening, if you want access to my course, it's called 10 Mental Strength Exercises That Can Help You Reach Your Greatest Potential. I want to give you a pass too. All you have to do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and then send us a screenshot of your review. Our email address is podcast at amymorinlcsw.com. We'll reply with your all-access pass to the course. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Today, I'm talking about a simple change to your behavior and your calendar that can change your life. It's an interesting way to build mental strength. But let's back up for a second, because there are several ways to build mental strength. You can address your thoughts. Like in episode two, we talked about throwing away your negative thoughts. Because we know that reframing unhelpful thoughts and giving yourself a pep talk or practicing self-compassion goes a long way toward helping you become mentally stronger. But you can also build mental strength from another angle, which is by addressing your emotions. We talked about that back in episode five, how to deal with an uncomfortable feeling. The goal is to learn to manage your emotions so that you don't feel like your emotions are controlling all of your decisions. And the third way to build mental strength is by changing your behavior. And that's what we're going to talk about today. An effective exercise that can do a lot for your mental strength just by changing your behavior. Now, all three of those things are connected. Your thoughts, your feelings, and your behavior. The way you think affects how you feel. And in turn, that affects how you behave. So if you woke up today and you were thinking, oh, it's going to be a terrible day, you probably feel bad. And then, because you feel awful, you might avoid talking to people. And spending more time in a bad mood just reinforces your prediction that it's going to be a bad day and causes you to feel worse, and the cycle continues. We do this in bigger ways, too. Like, if you truly believe that you're not good enough, you'll feel bad about yourself, and then you'll turn down opportunities that could change your life because you just accept that you're going to fail. So how do you break out of this cycle? Well, you'll find tons of advice out there that says you should just think positively. And again, sometimes building mental strength is about changing the way you think. But that's just one tool. Today, we're going to talk about how to tackle the problem by changing your behavior first. One way to change your behavior is by doing what we call in the therapy office, behavioral activation. It's based on the idea that if you change your behavior first, 
then the feelings will follow. Specifically, though, I want to talk about a skill called pleasant activity scheduling. In the therapy office, we sometimes tackle habits or mental health issues by helping people change the way that they think. Like if you always think things are going to be too hard or you always think you're not good enough, you might benefit from learning how to change those thoughts first. But some people struggle to recognize when their thoughts are irrational. And sometimes people believe those things so deep down that just changing their thoughts doesn't help. Or sometimes people are struggling with something like depression where they feel like their brain is just in such a fog that changing their thoughts seems like it's too big of a mountain to climb. In those cases, we often start with changing somebody's behavior first. This is because we know that we tend to behave in a way that just reinforces how we feel. If you're feeling really down, you might not go out and do fun things. Instead of seeing your friends or getting exercise, you might just watch more TV or spend more time scrolling on social media. And then because you're inactive, your mood gets worse. To break free from that pattern, you have to change your behavior first, even if you don't feel like doing it. That could mean anything from scheduling coffee with a friend on Sunday or going to yoga class on Tuesday even though, again, you don't feel like doing those things. The trick, though, to making those things extra effective is to put it on your calendar ahead of time. You want to schedule something fun because just having something on your calendar to look forward to gives you a huge boost in your mood right away. Seeing it on your calendar makes you more likely to do it. And it overall packs a threefold punch. Like you get an initial boost in your mood when you schedule something fun for you to do this week. You get a second boost when you actually go do that fun thing. And then you get a third boost after the fact because you've created a positive memory. Now, doing something like this sounds like it's just too simple on the surface, like scheduling something fun is somehow going to change your life. But there's science behind it. Do you want to get high-quality meat delivered straight to your house? Or in my case, a sailboat? Try ButcherBox. It saves me time and money. And if you order right now, Mentally Stronger listeners can get steak, chicken, or salmon free in every single order for an entire year. I love that ButcherBox offers grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood. There are no antibiotics or added hormones. They even offer vegetarian options. ButcherBox lets you decide how often you want deliveries, and you can pick a curated plan, or you could completely customize your box. Sign up at butcherbox.com stronger and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com stronger and use code STRONGER to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Here's what their research says about pleasant activity scheduling and how it can work. If you want to make your life better or you're battling a mental health issue, here's what the research found. Number one, it's more effective than other treatments for mental health issues. People with lifelong depression or substance abuse issues actually respond better to changing their behavior first than just changing their thoughts. There's a 2009 study that was published in a journal called Behavior Modification, And it said that behavioral activation was even more effective than antidepressant medication. Number two, research shows it works well in group therapy. So sometimes people don't want to just go in and talk to a therapist one-on-one. 
They might go to a support group where they come up with an idea of what are you going to do this week? People schedule their own individual activities and then they report back the following week on what they did and how they feel about it. And number three, it helps with addiction. A 2020 study published in Addictive Behaviors found that it reduced the relapse rate in people who wanted to quit smoking. Part of this is because when people quit an addiction, they sometimes feel depressed. It also increased the chances that people who were smoking would eventually quit altogether. Other studies have found it's an effective strategy for people who want to cut back or stop using alcohol or drugs. But you don't necessarily have to be struggling with a mental health issue or you don't necessarily have to see a therapist to make this effective. You might be able to just do this on your own and then test out how it's affecting your mood. So here's how it works. Pick something to do, but it shouldn't just be about fun. While doing fun things is good for us, it should also be in line with your values and be something that brings a little bit of meaning to your life. Of course, if you're struggling with depression, you might start just by walking around the block. That might be a good place to get you going and help you to start to feel better. But over time, you might find bigger things to do. Like if you really value family, the activities you engage in could involve having Sunday dinner with your extended family. Or maybe you just make one phone call a day to different family members so that you connect with them. If giving back to your community is something that's important to you, you might volunteer at a food bank or raise awareness for a good cause. But you don't necessarily have to figure out right away what your values are and what you're going to do that's exactly in line with those values. Instead, think of the things that you're going to do as an experiment. Like you might try growing some plants to see if gardening helps you feel better one week. If not, try something else, like maybe sign up for a cooking class or try yoga. Track your mood or your habits for a few weeks and see if the activities you're doing are working. If not, experiment with some new activities. You might find the best activities by looking back in your life and thinking, during a really good phase of my life, like, what was I doing? What kinds of activities did I do? Did I like to spend more time outside? Did I spend more time with friends? Did I take classes? Did I get more exercise? We often stop doing the things we love when our circumstances change or when life gets really busy. But you might find creating time to do those things again could go a long way toward helping you feel better. You might even look back and find something that you loved to do as a kid that you might still love today. Like for me, it's running. I never liked running far, but I liked to run fast when I was a little kid. I used to make my mom time me when I would run laps around the outside of the house. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I still kind of do that as an adult. I time myself running a mile every day just to see how fast I can do it. And for some reason, I still find that wildly entertaining. But the point is, it's something that I love to do as a kid, but I found that as an adult, I love to do that too. And I've worked with clients in my therapy office who have reconnected with things that they used to love. Like this one man I worked with used to paint when he was younger, but when he got older, he thought it was kind of silly or childish to spend an afternoon just painting a picture. He felt like he had to be productive. But when he gave himself permission to just sit down and paint again, he found that he loved it. And his mood got better and his stress improved too. Or another woman that I worked with had always valued friendship. But after she got busy with work and kids, she felt like she just was too busy to spend time with friends. But she came into therapy because she'd just been feeling really down for a long time. So we talked about reconnecting with her friends and how she could do that. 
So she decided that every week she was going to make time to video chat with some of her friends who were far away. And then about once a month, she would get together with some of her other friends just to have dinner. And that little shift helped her to start feeling a lot better because she was doing what she valued, which was spending time with friends. But even if you're going to do something on your own, like you're going to spend a couple of hours doing your favorite hobby, in order for this to work, you have to put it on your calendar. Because having something to look forward to is part of the reason why this works so well. So if you want to use pleasant activity scheduling to try and build mental strength, here's what you can do right now. Pick a couple of activities that could boost your mood and your mental health this week. You might decide to do the same thing every day, like I'm going to go for a 20-minute walk around the block. Or you might try a yoga class on Saturday and meet up with a friend on Tuesday. But make sure you put it in your calendar. And then try those things for a couple of weeks and see what happens to your mood. Often our mood gets better so slowly that we don't really notice that it's happening or it's hard to look back and remember how you were feeling a couple weeks ago. So a little trick is to just use a number system. On a scale of 1 to 10, write down how your mood is today, with 1 being awful and 10 being great. You can keep track of that like on your phone or just take out a piece of paper or a paper calendar. And then over the course of a few weeks, you'll have a better idea of if your mood is getting better, worse, or staying the same. If you do that number system every day, maybe check in with yourself at the same time, like when you're eating dinner or before you go to bed, just what's the average for today, one to 10? If it's not getting better after a couple of weeks of pleasant activity scheduling, though, don't give up. Try experimenting with some different activities. And if you're really struggling, try talking to a therapist who might be able to help you figure out the best strategies that could work for you. If you need inspiration for what you could do for fun, you can always ask other people. In fact, I put this question out on Instagram because I wanted to know, what do you have to look forward to in the next seven days? Here's some of the answers that I got. Gardening. Volunteering at a community cafe. Doing art with my kid. Spoiling my husband for Father's Day, seeing a comedy show, and giving a tour at a museum where I volunteer. So as you can see, different people find different things to be fun, but it's up to you to figure out what do you consider to be fun in your life and do something that's just for you, put it in your schedule, make sure that you stick to it and actually go do it. And I want to hear about what you're going to do for fun this week. What are you going to put in your schedule and actually stick to doing? Go ahead and let me know. You can tag me on Instagram at Amy Morin Author and tell me what you are doing for your pleasant activity scheduling this week. So that's pleasant activity scheduling. Go schedule some fun stuff for you to do this week and watch what happens. And if you feel guilty about it or you try to convince yourself that you just don't have time, I want you to remind yourself that it's an order from a therapist to let yourself have some fun this week. If you know someone who could benefit from learning how to grow mentally stronger, share this show with them. Just sharing a link could help someone grow stronger and feel better. Thank you for hanging out with me today and for listening to Mentally Stronger. And as always, a big thank you to my show's producer, whose pleasant activity schedule includes watching the Tampa Bay Rays play baseball, Nick Valentine.